0: Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today members podcast, Friday 26th of May, almost the weekend. The US, by the way, has a holiday on Monday. So we'll see what happens tonight. Tonight, there is a PCE price index, which is supposed to be the Fed's preferred measure of inflation. CPI numbers are more important, quite honestly, but that could have a bit of an influence. Although I have to say, I think the interest rate and inflation debate and the policy paranoia has peaked and is becoming less important as a market driver. Far more important, of course, is the debt ceiling. This is general advice only Not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. Still waiting for the debt ceiling. There's just nothing to be done until they sort that out. As I pointed out earlier this week, the S&P 500 dropped 20% in the six weeks ahead of the last U.S. government closed down in 2018. It dropped 14% in the two weeks ahead of the close down. And the day it closed down, the market started to recover. In the next four months, it went up 25%, recovering everything it lost. So the debt ceiling is supposed to be, if history repeats itself, big assumption, is supposed to be always a buying opportunity. We wait to see if that's the case. But with history as our guide, there is little point getting stuck into the market, and the market trend anyway is pretty hopeless, unless you're in big tech at the moment. There is little point getting stuck into the market until that uncertainty is out of the way. The market doesn't like uncertainty, obviously. So waiting for the debt ceiling, some optimism overnight that there was some progress. But we have until Thursday, June the 1st, when Janet Yellen tells us the money will run out, at which point point they will start to furlough government employees in other words tell them to go home let's just wait for all that to blow over shall we if they don't make any progress tonight the u.s has got a long weekend to worry about it which suggests australian investors might just down tools until they come back on tuesday i'm looking at an all ordinaries chart here does anyone know what a pennant is It's a little chart formation when the market forms a little triangle with the pointy bit to the right and the idea is the market goes up and down, up and down in a narrower and narrower range and eventually breaks out of this triangle one way or the other and you're supposed to chase it. So at the moment still in that triangle and going down, more down than up. So nothing in the market trend for us to be excited about in Australia. Not the case in the US, of course. NVIDIA up 24% overnight. I've got charts of the NASDAQ and the FANG and NVIDIA in the newsletter today, all flying. There are a host of overbought ETFs at the moment in the tech space. And I've got a picture in the strategy piece today with the strategy portfolio, which is doing very nicely. Our FANG is now at 14.8%. Our NASDAQ ETF. ETFs up 14.9%. I've got a picture of the big tech herd charging along at the moment. We have to watch the herd not become part of it. Nice to be part of the herd sometimes, though. We have been just recently. But at some point, it's going to stop. And I'm not going to sit endlessly in FANG or big tech professing love for the cloud and AI. We are dealing with share prices. They can't be trusted. We're dealing with the herd. It can't be trusted. And we are looking for sentiment peaks and troughs, and at the moment we're in a sentiment bubble as regards big tech, AI, and the cloud. Let's run with the balls until they stop. But the point I'm making is let's just remain objective about this. It is getting a little bit silly. The other portfolios, as I say, big tech may be going mad, but banks and resources certainly aren't. So my two one-stock portfolios, one in Macquarie, one in BHP, both still in cash and the ideas portfolio still in cash. No good trying to squeeze a profit out of a disinterested market in Australia. I think if we were in the US, we'd have a thousand ideas at the moment, but we're not. We're in Australia. So just waiting for a catalyst to get involved. Now, a couple of things I've written about today in my section. The first is just a quick look at the NVIDIA results overnight, as I say, up 24% on its results. NVIDIA started developing the GPU accelerated computing blocks That go into initially went in to drive the gaming market, computer graphics, but ended up revolutionizing computer graphics, which turned into parallel computing, sticking lots of GPU units next to each other and that turned into, well, apart from crypto mining, turned into AI and deep learning computers. So they are the GPU makers, the brain of the computers, the brain of robots. If you look where they're active, robotics, gaming, healthcare, automotive, they power 30 of the 30 top autonomous vehicle data centers and AI. More than 35,000 companies using NVIDIA AI technology to power their AI factories. And I've just used AI to break down the revenues and profits of NVIDIA. So gaming used to be their main business, 2.24 billion in their quarterly of revenue in their last quarterly, 2.24 billion. The data center's revenue double that, 4.28 billion, and that's growing at 18% quarter on quarter, 14% year on year. Their gaming growing at 22% quarter on gaming revenue, 22% quarter on quarter, down 38% year on year. The main issue is this data centers growth, and you can see why. Next DC, which does data centers in Australia, you can see it coming over the Balti Bridge in Melbourne. But NXT just hit a 52-week high, and then you look at Microsoft's quarterly results. Their intelligent cloud division has revenue. So you've got Nvidia with revenue of 4.28 billion in data centers. Microsoft's quarterly had 22.1 billion in intelligent cloud revenues, 17.5 billion in productivity and business processes, 13.3 billion in personal computing which is going down. But their quarter on quarter growth in intelligent cloud was 16% and that's why the market's going mad. Where else are you going to get an industry growing at 15 to 20% per annum and probably going to accelerate and probably going to last for years and that's what everyone's buying into. But there is a price for everything, of course, and we have to keep an eye on that. It will peak, but for now it's still running. And everything to do with tech is overbought. In hindsight, should have bought some of that leveraged NASDAQ ETF, LNAS, SNAS, short NASDAQ, is on its years low. At some point, this is going to switch around. SNAS will be the buy and LNAS, the sell. But also ACDC, Robo, Tech, Semi, all these ETFs, tech ETFs, overbought at the moment. So waiting for the bubble to burst. The other thing I've written about today is I played golf with a guy who is a division head of one of the largest Australian shoe manufacturers. They're in 300 stores in Australia. And he tells me ever since the RBA raised rates this month, shocked the market, sales have dropped off a cliff. It seems the consumer in Australia has lost confidence, particularly in the last few weeks. And he says it's not, his demographic is 20 to 40 year old mostly women buying shoes and he says that demographic mostly rents 31% of people in Australia rent and rents have gone up this year in all capital cities over the last year rather by 11.1% more than inflation. The point being, and more than mortgage rates, the point being that while some people think only a third of Australians have a mortgage, so RBA rate rises are ineffectual, the the reality is the moment rates go up, rents go up as well, and Australia's rental vacancy rate has just hit 1.42%. Rents are more expensive than or have risen more than mortgage payments, repayments, and it's hurting this consumer discretionary group. He also talks about the $10,000 that most young people put in their bank accounts from taxpayers' money. Thank you very much, Marcus. Over COVID, that has now run out. Young employees are now getting a little bit more desperate rather than arrogant about their job security. Inflation generally has pushed the cost of everything up. And then on top of that, you've got rents and rates going up. So the consumer shutting up shop. And if you have a look at the chart in my section today, the the consumer discretionary chart, you will see It is testing the uptrend it's been in since October last year, testing the bottom of its trading range, and on the technical scans, a host of retailers have just recently fallen over. Adairs, Domino's, Hello World, JB Hi-Fi, Levissa, Nick Scarly, Premier Investments, Super Retail, Universal Stores, Wes Farmers, the list goes on. Something going wrong in consumer discretionary. The point about it is, is that if consumer spending really has dropped off a cliff At the end of the half year here, we've still got another, what, five or six weeks to go. If it really has dropped off a cliff, it puts the earnings numbers, the results season, of course, will be in August, but it puts the earnings numbers of these companies at risk and the outlook statements are unlikely to be upbeat. The confession season's coming up in July, result season in August. It sort of puts them a little bit on the nose in a downgrade cycle rather than upgrade cycle. I wonder then why Temple and Webster is sitting on its 52-week high when stocks like Harvey Norman are sitting on their 52-week low. Anyway, watch out for consumer discretionary stocks. A couple of little notes I have put in the Marcus Take section. Note to self, do I have any crap stocks in my portfolio? It's not really a portfolio, it's a collection of individual holdings. Do I have any crap stocks, in which case I might take the capital loss now before everyone else does next month, end of the tax year? Note to self, remember to have a look at what stocks have been smashed in the third week in June because they usually start to bounce in the last week of June before the tax year ends. So looking for stocks that have been thumped by tax loss selling, there's usually a relief rally trade only for the active. That also reminds me I'd better put $27,500 in my self-managed super before the end of the tax year if I haven't already done that. A quick one for POS holders, Poseidon Nickel, where a lot of you have followed me in and we're all licking our wounds at the moment. They have got an announcement out today. It is called Black Swan Restart and Company Update. In there, Peter Harold, the CEO, is telling us the offtake and finance work streams continue with a shortlist reduced with whom we are now negotiating separate offtake and project financing agreements. We're aiming to execute documents with a successful party in late June, early July. So they've got their final investment decision late June, early July. Mildly positive. Share price up to four cents. That's up 8% today. So happy with that. Technical scans section today, have a read of that yourself, but retailer bloodbath going on, as I've mentioned, gold stocks topping out, small ordinaries sector, small stocks also turning turtle share price Falling over now, or not share price, index falling over now. Next DC, 52-week high, predictable. Pilbara Minerals, sell signal again. Wallies finally topping out. And Blast from the Past, Archer Materials got a bit of a buy signal, but I've put the weekly chart in. I wouldn't be buying that. Henry's Take today talks about the resource sector coming undone. The Great China reopening story is not happening Chinese economy is drifting with little stimulus. He talks about Nvidia as well, mentions WeBit Nano and Brain Chip. Thin Volumes in the Market, and June Tax Loss Selling Beckons. He also visits some of the stocks in the portfolio, Small Caps Portfolio, Caroon, Latin Resources, Long Short Fund, Town, Platinum Asset Management, Red 5, Thorny Tech. He's done them all. I shouldn't mention them all. Don't forget to register for Ask the Analyst next Friday. And that's about that. I have a few emails, in fact, quite a lot of emails, thank you very much, about the Stock Take initiative, which I did yesterday. I'm finding myself unable to do them first thing in the morning with all my other duties, so I will be doing those later this afternoon, doing ASX. ResMed and CSL today. Thank you for your suggestions of how to improve them. I do have a few ideas for that as well. Before I go, looking at the market, 29 metals finally bottoming. We bit Nano up 4.7%, Henry notes. Otherwise, market looks dead in the water. We're up 6 points. I've never seen such a narrow range. Up 7 to down 9. NASDAQ futures down a bit, 0.1 of a percent. Dow futures down 0.1 of a percent. Tech sector the best, but only up point. 9 of a percent universal stores that retailer down 5.7% again latin resources just topping out a little bit lack of interest rather than selling i would imagine ianeer down 4% sorry about that greg bhp and rio up a touch Banks all up a touch. I see an article in the AFR about the mortgage market is getting uglier. And I also see Westpac following the NAB and CBA killing its cashback offers. All in all, nothing to laugh at at all. That's about that. I'll be back with a weekend email tomorrow. There will be a few stock takes on the website this afternoon. You have a fabulous day and see you back here next week.